let me tell you about sweat block. If you uh, if you have gone through deodorant and antiperspirants and they don't really hold up for you, uh, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. And uh, I know and my, I say to my wife all the time, it used to when I would hug her or something, I was like, do I do I smell? And she's like, no, you don't. But I always felt I did because uh, I sweat a lot. Sweat block is an amazing product I want you to try. In fact, just go to trysweatblock.com. Trysweatblock.com. You're going to get a no-strings-attached starter package of Sweatblock, the wipes, for free. It's a different way to apply. They have the deodorant sticks and antiperspirant, and those are great. But I really want you to try the wipes because they're just, they're incredible. You wipe under each arm before you go to bed one night, get up in the morning, take a shower, and for a week, you don't apply anything. And there's, I mean, no sweating, no smelling. It's amazing. Trysweatblock.com. Thank goodness, Arizona. You've got crime. You've got crime taken care of. You've finally gotten rid of that 78-year-old grandmother who was arrested by police officers because she was serving food to the homeless. She had just served 28 people. Whoop, whoop. And the police come up. Hands on the car, Grandma. Hands on the car. They've got her off the street. You just don't want to mess with that. Of course, you can get fentanyl, crack, no matter, you know, whatever. Hey, you want to buy a little kid to have sex with? Don't worry. You can do it. You got the border wide open. Why not? We've got grandma in jail, however. Just when you think the world can't get more insane, there's a debate between Dr. Oz and a guy who's just had a stroke that can't process anything. And we're still looking going, is that gonna change anything in this world of ours? Oh, the only person I trust to give us some insight or answers is I think the, the journalist, the one that is still walking the beat and knows how to do journalism, Selena Zito. She's in Pennsylvania, that's her beat. She knows it. We go to her in 60 seconds. So what have I told you? It's not only possible to get rid of the pain that you've been carrying around for so long, but you could potentially go back to feeling the way you used to. Remember those days? Back when you didn't have to check in with your body before everything you do, you're like, ah, better not do that. Ah, better not to lift that. I had terrible pain 
all the time. And I went to the Mayo Clinic, Columbia University. I, I went everywhere. NYU, trying to find something that would relieve the pain. I gave up finally. My wife said, have you tried the thing that the Blaze is advertising? And I'm like, ah, it's, what are you, are you kidding me? Really? I'm going to buy something that's advertised on the radio? <laughs> that won't work. I just didn't think it would work because it reduces inflammation. And that's like ibuprofen to me. And that has never done a thing for me. This is completely different. It attacks inflammation four different ways. So it covers a lot more people than ibuprofen does. 70% of the people who try this find amazing relief. They go on to order more month after month. So try it. Three weeks, 1995. Just try it and see if it works for you. Be part of that 70% that got their life back like me. 800, the number four, relief. 800 relief or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Let's go to Selena uh, Zito. Hello, Selena. How are you? Hello, Sunshine. How are you? <laughs> Very good. You sound tired. Been working I hard? Like, <laughs> I have a Tallulah Bankhead thing going. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's called uh, spending a lot of time on the road and talking to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, by the way. You're the Washington Examiner National Political Reporter. You are also a uh, columnist for the New York Post and the co-author of The Great Revolt, which explained what happened in 2016 um you get it because you actually talk to people you wrote an amazing article um that has just come out the painful story on how john fetterman arrived at tuesday night's humiliation i read it on the air uh just last hour i want to get to that but i i first want to get your reaction on what are people saying what are the voters saying what's really happening on the ground there well, you know, it's a funny story. I drove all the way out to the debate from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg. I got there, realized that the only people I would be watching the debate with was other reporters. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to learn anything here. <laughs> so all the way back, halfway across the state and stopped in a bar and uh, just sat back and observed people watching the debate. And I think the most um, powerful thing about watching those reactions was the watching the realization on their faces that they had no idea that um, John Fetterman was in this bad of a condition. But they understood because he would do a rally here and there, spoke a couple times. They, they understood there was somewhat of a problem, but they didn't, they thought it was, speech related as opposed to cognitively related. Uh, And when he was put in a position where he had to answer questions and provided all the tools available to him and he still struggled, they now realized nobody has been telling them this. I mean, I have, Joshua Burns has, but that's about it. All the other reporters have just omitted Uh, that this is an issue. And so as they were talking among each other, they were really frustrated and angry at my profession for not being demonstrating exactly what the problem is and being honest about what they've seen over the past couple months, but also really mad at other Democrats like Senator Bob Casey 
who has stood on the dais with him in about a half a dozen events, maybe more, and 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 talked about how terrific shape he's in. And, and, and he even had the audacity to go on national news after the debate and said he did a terrific job. Then you add that with the Philadelphia Inquirer saying that he won the debate mm. and CNN saying he won the debate. And, and, and you add all that together and, and there's this sort of invisible and quiet thing going on with voters saying, y'all are gaslighting us and we're tired of it. So is it going to change the way people we are so set in our camps now um, that I wonder if anything would change anybody's mind? Yeah, will, absolutely. Will, will this change their mind? I saw it. I saw it happening in real time. Look, one of the things that was so important about the book, The Great Revolt, it was that it was understood this coalition and this conservative populist coalition that formed long before uh, Donald Trump ever yeah. stepped on the stage and remained intact. You look at Pennsylvania in 2020. So what happened? Joe Biden won. Joe Biden won barely. What people did not talk about was that there was a significant red wave down ballot in the um, congressional races, in the statewide row office races, in the state house, in the state Senate, that that coalition remained to, to, together. Once again, proving that this was not about Trump, but it was about their lives, their communities, and how they are impacted. And I think that remains to be the underlying the, or, the, or the story that is consistently missed in, in, in reporting. And, and, and I'll give you an, an example of that. The other day, did you see the Kentucky coal miner who came to, went to the basketball to watch? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. If that ha- by the way, that's something I see all the time. To me, that was like, yeah, I mean, that's what people do. Right. But, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God. But it ran, it, that image started to um, be shared across. Uh, social media at the exact same time that the Washington Post wrote a story and that said why rural Americans are so angry and resentful and why they're voting Republican. And I thought, this is the perfect example. These two moments together of how my, my profession does not understand the very people that they're covering. That coal miner was not angry and resentful that he had to go to the game like that. He was appreciative that he had a job to go to and the ability to leave that job and go sit in a basketball game. Yeah. So, so you bring up in your, well, so wait a minute, before I go on to this, the polls show that Oz is now up uh, two to three points. I would, in normal times, I would have expected that to be six, seven, eight. Um, but who knows? Um, are, are, what are you thinking about? Is Fetterman going to win? Is there going to be enough space between them? Look, here's the here's the challenge for Fetterman. And by the way, I would say it's been a challenge. I've been reporting this since mid-September. Dr. Oz, who I was incredibly skeptical of uh, in in the beginning when he first announced he was running, has actually proved and matured as a very good candidate, someone who goes into those places, as I call um, uh, the middle of somewhere, and, and 
talks to the voters that nobody thinks about, and he listened to them. I have logged on thousands of miles on the back roads with Oz, watched him in rural areas, watched him in, um, in majority minority areas, just listening to voters, where, by the way, no other reporter would be. So he's not there to get a photo op. No one's there. I'm there. And, and he's actually doing it because he wants to understand what the issues are. So that was a long way of telling you that I have always thought that John Fetterman was losing voters incrementally, but losing them. Remember, he was up 12 percentage points. Yeah. But he also has no ability to gain voters. And it's not just based on his um, on his illness. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing I don't know if anybody's reading it, but I've been reporting that he, as mayor, the whole sort of elevated story that you saw in the Rolling Stone and the Atlantic and New York Times, these glossy, beautiful pieces about how he saved this this um, borough in southwestern Pennsylvania. I've been covering him since 2005. He didn't save that town. He, he was barely ever there. He didn't attend the events. He really had very little power to begin with. Crime went up, population declined, and the heart and soul of that town, the hospital, where there was the only sit-down restaurant for people to go to in the cafeteria, was wow. was, was torn down. I hope people go to selenazio.com and read the reporting that I've been doing. Yeah. I know I'm not on social media, but but that reporting has been has been so, there for months. I, I saw the uh, I saw the story um, on that when it came out. And how do the people of the town feel when they're hearing, yeah. "Hey, he saved our town." Well, that was the beauty of that of that story. That wasn't me telling everyone that. That was them saying that. They talked about how their town didn't get better. They talked about no jobs coming in. They talked about the the people that have fled to get out of there because there's no hope and there's no opportunity. And they talked about it always being just about him and never about them. And they talked about him going after one of their neighbors, a, um, a young black man who was jogging, and he put a shotgun to his chest. And kept him there because he thought he was some sort of um, criminal. Because he thought, he, yeah. And and by the way, that young man's life has been destroyed. That young man's life has been destroyed, and he has never been apologized to. Or the kind that he went up to a local bar, a nightclub, owned by the way by a black entrepreneur, and changed the wording on the signs at two o'clock in the morning, and a camera caught it. Um, saying that it was closed and not opened because he deemed it unworthy uh, to be opened in the town. These are the stories that people of Braddock will tell you, not the stories, not me saying this. This is them saying this. That's why I think that reporting is so important, let alone that he didn't pay his taxes in the poorest school district, in one of the poorest school districts in the state. He didn't pay the school tax. And, you know, it's, it, it, it frustrated me every time all these glossy stories were put out there, you know, with him standing in front of a steel mill. Uh, at the same time, his parents were paying for his education. I mean, paying for his family's lifestyle. It's, you know, it's amazing to me. He reminds me of 
in, in many ways, Karl Marx. Karl Marx was a horrible human being that never paid a dime of his own way. Uh, he, he practically bankrupt his parents. He lived off his parents and then his family for his whole life. Never really accomplished anything. Oh, my gosh. That's that's astounding. I can't even imagine not wanting to have purpose in your life in that way, other than the purpose of power, which is what I believe that it is. This has always been about. Okay, so, Selena, hang on just a second, because if you could hold for one minute, I want to do a commercial, then come back. And I want to talk to you about the press and uh, the Democrats that have stood by. It's what you brought up in your latest article on the uh, Washington Examiner. Um, and I, I'd love some answers on what do you think is really happening there? Um, we'll go to Selena Zeon, return with her here in 60 seconds. Stand by. Uh, how often do you find yourself just going through the motions when it comes to feeding your dog? Bowl empty, grab the bowl of kibble, fill her up. But today, tonight, I want you to take just a minute as you're feeding your dog and really think about what's in that kibble food. All kibble food, no matter how good it is, no matter how expensive it is, it's dead food because it has to be sterilized um, to be able to last on the shelf for a couple of years. That would be like if you just lived on, you know, McDonald's McRibs. Not good. Not good. So what do you do? Well, kibble food is fine if you put the, the nutrients and the vitamins and the probiotics and the antioxidants back into it. And that is exactly what happens with rough greens. This is something you've just put on your dog's food as you're feeding them. They love it. And you watch the change in your dog over that next year. It's remarkable. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLENN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so we're talking to Selena Zito. Uh, SelenaZito.com is her uh, web address, but she writes for the New York Post and also the Washington Examiner. When in 2016, when you nailed what was happening, you were the only one that the media went, how did she get this so right? Um, And you wrote a book about it. You went to work um, for CNN as a contributor there. And I know you, Selena. I know you. You probably walked in at first hoping that people will actually listen and get it. And then they didn't. Um, And thus, they're down the toilet even more. Why are they not looking? Why are they not exposing things like Fetterman? Are they afraid? uh, Or are they afraid of being uh, ostracized by their own uh, their own group? Or is it is it that they just won't do it because they're on the bandwagon? Oh, so it's, I have an entire chapter about this in my book, and I think that it's probably the one that people should really, really read. Um, it's called a culture craving respect, and the problem with my profession is the same problem that you see in corporate America in um, major news organizations, but also in institutions and governments, but also even in um, sports organizations, in that the people in the boardrooms 
um, are all come from the same. They all live in the same super zip codes. What do I mean by super zip codes? The wealthiest counties in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all went to the same great schools. Now, they may have come from Iowa, but they left that far behind once they got to D.C. or New York. And, and so what happens is when they go to, whether it is write a story or do a commercial or make a boneheaded decision like the NFL did and, and um, uh, let Colin Kaepernick um, do whatever he wanted despite having a contract that said you cannot do this, is because they, don't, they are so disconnected from the people who read their stories, mm-hmm. who buy their tickets, who sit in their seats. That is the larger problem, right? That's where the problem begins. It began at the same time where more uh, companies kept buying up smaller companies. So there's less co- local uh, connection to the people who buy your products. Um, but also um, local news organizations tar- started to shudder. Uh, and, and so people had to gravitate to buying their items and or reading their news from places that don't know them. They don't know anyone that sits in a pew every Sunday. They don't know anyone that says a prayer before dinner. They don't know anyone that owns a gun. They don't know anybody else that uses a gun. Um, and, and so because of that, when they plop into a place, they, it, it, they seem like a freak show. They so, look at the people and say, You're, y'all are a freak show. I have one and, minute. I have one minute. The yeah. reporter that w- her job was threatened. I mean, she was just beat up by everybody Stop, from Stop, NBC. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is she, and she folded. Was that a message? Did everybody who was covering this know clearly what, how bad Fetterman was? Yes, they did. I was still, I just watched them watch the same things I'd seen. They knew. They always knew. Dasha Burns is a very good reporter, and I will sing her praises forever because she has kept on that story, and she continues to keep on the story. I would would keep an eye on her, and I think it's interesting that it's a young woman and a 63-year-old grandma that only have the nerve to write this stuff. Okay, one last question, 10 seconds. Fetterman going to win? Or uh, Oz, so. what? I think it ends up. I think it ends up being Oz. Oh, I hope you're right this time. Uh, thank you so much, Selena. God bless, and we'll follow your reporting. SelenaZito.com. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, Tunnel to Towers has uh, partnered with this program and with me because I really, truly believe in them, and they have the same mission in many ways that the American Journey experience has in, um, in M1. They want to preserve history. Right now, our kids, if you're grades K through 12, you're not getting anything on September 11th. They're not learning about it. How is that possible? They have a new institute, 9-11 Institute, that teaches kids and gives uh, scripts and gives uh, uh, literature, everything for the teachers to be able to discover the heroes. They have Discovering Heroes, a book series that accompanies the curriculum. They have an 1,100-square-foot mobile museum touring with 9-11 artifacts. Uh, they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They, they know remember that's i think what the most used command in this in the scriptures remember remember never forget help them out on their mission 
Tunnel to Towers. It's T, the number 2T.org. That's T2T.org. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Uh, I love Michael Malice. He is the host of the podcast. You're welcome. And uh, he, this is what it says on my, my sheet here from my producers. Uh, a comedian attempts to convince Glenn to endorse John Fetterman. <laughs> Go at it, Michael. And I know you're doing this just because you think Fetterman in office would be fun. No, that's not correct. That's not Actually, correct. Actually, and I, I also want to point out something else. I had a correction issued from Vice Magazine, which had said, correction, in a previous article, uh, Michael Malice was identified as a comedian. Right. So I am not well, I don't a find comedian. you funny at all, Michael. Quite well, that's why I'm on this show, where humor, goes to die, where humor goes to die and common sense. All right, all right, all right. So why, um, why are you going to try to convince me? To vote for uh, John Fetterman. I don't think, I'm not going to convince you to vote for him because you're not in Pennsylvania, but I will convince you that it's a good thing that he defeats Dr. Oz and for a couple of reasons. Would you agree with me that it is a superior situation for America that we went Obama, Obama, Trump than if we had gone Obama, Romney, Romney in the elections? Yes. So if you went back in time to 2012 and you told yourself, Glenn, Quit now. You're going to be a mess in 10 years. But other than that, you should prefer <laughs> and get rid of Stu because he's out of control. Mm -hmm. But you should Agreed. prefer that Obama take this election because it's going to work out in the long term. You would have thought you were crazy, but that would have been the correct result, right? Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Wait, am I right? No, 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 no. I'm leading the – you're on the road, sir. <laughs> no, I – could I – may I my, speak? Yeah, it's yeah, – go ahead. All right. Um, I stopped <laughs> – I stopped uh, trying to figure out uh, long-term strategies after Trump because I realized, okay. you know what, it's got, it, it'll, it'll all work out for the best. Just do the next right thing. And you'll never convince me that the next right thing is to have John <laughs> Fetterman in. I can convince you very easily, and this right. is why. Because okay. the only power the Republican base has over the Republican Party is to refuse to put rhinos into Congress. That is their only power. We saw it in 2016 where establishment candidate after establishment candidate was the stop Trump candidate. We're seeing it now in 2022 where Mitch McConnell is pulling money from New Hampshire when Bolditch has a chance against Maggie Hassan if it's a wave election and he's putting into whatever North or South Carolina, right. which is definitely going to go to Republican because Mitch McConnell wants that vote that's going to be more loyal to him than towards the MAGA so, wing and to the American people. So, so if you are going, hold on, let me just finish. If you're going to take losses somewhere or other, it's better to have that loss be a Democrat who can't even talk than let's suppose a <laughs> Barack Obama who's charismatic or Nancy Pelosi who is a good parliamentarian. Okay, except I don't think he would serve out his full term, and that would put his wife in the That's driver's fine, seat. That's fine, but the point is, Oz Woods. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, let me, no, okay. let me say one more sentence. All right. If you're on the debate stage saying that your goal is to work with the Democrats and your goal is to uh, tighten up background checks, you know perfectly well how this person is going to govern. 
But this is this is wait. But your point being that that the anti-Trump candidates, right, were the establishment people. But this is a, this I, is Trump's pick, right? This, this is, is Trump's this is, guy. Trump endorsed Romney twice. Mm. Trump only cares if someone returns his calls. <laughs> oh, silence! Exactly. You have nothing to say. Okay. Well, so I, 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 no, no, I have a lot John to Fetterman say. in office would be very, very bad. Would That's be what I would very say. bad. Mm. Would be How? very you, bad. Why do you want a because, competent Democrat? Because you want someone who's good at being a Democrat? No, no, no. If, no. if he's going to, if we have to have an incumbent Democrat, one that is terrible, like I, in some ways would be preferable because maybe they'd be easier to beat. This is also a strategy been, that's been attempted by the Democrats multiple times, and it has not worked out particularly yeah, we well. We got John. We we have we have Joe Biden on the same strategy. <laughs> I don't would want another have, incompetent person in there. Would you rather have Obama in the White House right now than Joe Biden? Uh, uh, no. uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I, I have to think about that. I, I, yeah. I mean, isn't it a good thing that Dianne Feinstein, according to the New York mm-hmm. Post, was told three times by Chuck Schumer that she has to retire, and she agreed three times, and three times she forgot about their conversation? Yes. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But I isn't it a good thing when the Democratic Party is regarded as a laughingstock, as John Stewart made the Bush administration for eight years, instead of some ple- some uh, organization that people can look up to and admire? Look, Michael, look, Michael, look, Michael, listen to me. Listen to me. These are all good things if it's not a good night on election night or a bad election day on the next morning. Having you on saying these things will go, you know what? You're right. It is a good thing that Betterman's in there. Feel good You're right. It's save that. Save that. Because I'll any, need that. Is there any situation where you would prefer that the Democratic candidate win over the Republican candidate? I think this, and this is speaking for myself here, I usually am incredibly, I hate partisanship. Uh, th- this particular uh, election, I'm more partisan than normal because I want there to be an ability to stop what yeah. they are doing. I, th- the fact is like Dr. Oz, as I've stated a thousand times, is not the candidate that I want as a Republican no. senator. Uh, however, these votes matter. And the fact that we may have Supreme Court justices that they're going to be able to push through and things of that nature, I think, are, are really important. So yeah. control the Senate up, matters to if me. If we yes. can get up to 54, 55 senators. Then you're looking at a potential filibuster proof majority yeah. in 2024. Yeah. So I so do think there are a, reasons for this. Yes. So despite you just saying you're not a partisan, you're saying the only just to be clear, the only times you're comfortable with a Democrat taking a seat is if there's 60 Republicans. No, no, no. I'm I'm comfortable with a. A Democrat, like if if Joe Lieberman decided to run, I'd be like, you know, okay, he's pretty good. Um, Is he? Joe he Lieberman voted for Obamacare just yeah. because he like criticized the Democrat. You're happy with the, Joe Lieberman? No, that's the that's the older Joe on, Lieberman. <laughs> he was good on some things. Right? Yeah, I mean, he was good on some, some things. things I at least about. agreed with him uh, at times, and he did have his own mind. Um, I'm going to say why Fetterman is good on some things. Okay. And you're not going to disagree with me. All right. The only time there's an effective anti-war coalition in Congress is when you have a Republican president, and that's when the Democrats become anti-war. In every other circumstance, both parties are tripping over themselves to support imperialism and the war state. And that's one thing Fetterman would be good for. Mm. I don't I think, think he's I suck th- on everything. I think I, I mean, we, we, get, we have Democrats in office now. They're all throwing how many billions of dollars like a day? Like I said, 
if you had a Republican president, that's the only time there's an anti-war coalition in Congress. With but that's the, yes, I know. Republican but, presidents have led many, many wars, right? Obviously. Right, and the only time they have opposition is with the <laughs> left wing of the Democrats. Yeah, well, but Otherwise, having opposition, but the I, war I still happen. happens, isn't a positive. No, I know. But what war. he's saying, no, no, no. But what he's saying is, if we had, and I don't think the same would be true with Donald Trump. And I think this Correct. is changing. I think there a lot of conservatives are actually changing. I they're, agree with you. Where they're like, what? What is, can we learn our lesson here? This doesn't work. Get you out of these. You're not learning your lesson because you keep voting in rhinos. And Oz is the king of that. He had his show for 10 years. He had never stood up for conservative no. principles on his show once. He's Oprah Winfrey's puppet. And Oprah Winfrey single-handedly got Barack Obama the nomination. It would be nice if I'm surprised Oprah Winfrey has not come out and uh, helped Dr. Oz at all. <laughs> it well, wouldn't help. Well, well, she supports. It would help in Pennsylvania. Biden, otherwise, she wouldn't be state. black. What's that? She has to support Biden, or else she wouldn't be black. That's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. True, I always guys. forget that you're not really black claws. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Constitution. If I'm so, uh, so Michael, let me let me ask you this. Um, yeah. It, what were your thoughts when you watched him? Because it it wasn't funny at all. It was really sad, but it made me also angry to watch I'm the sorry. debate. It, it was extremely funny because he opened up the debate by saying, hello, good night. <laughs> um, and this shaved Chewbacca that they but his wife blocked me because she's like, oh, John Fetterman said, I don't remember the Statue of Liberty. I said, he doesn't remember, remember anything, you sadistic witch. It is despicable. <laughs> it is despicable that his family and his team put a broomstick up his bum and put him in front of that mic when any other candidate could have served that purpose. Because they're not really voting for Fetterman. You're voting for a Democratic vote, right? Like, it, yeah, you don't really need, the staff will run the, 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 the um, Senate office. So even if he can't even talk, it doesn't really matter. We saw that with Storm Thurmond toward the end when he was literally 100 years old. Yeah, you're 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 seeing that with uh, what's your name? You're just talking about uh, in Feinstein. California. Yes. Yeah, you're seeing the same thing. That is that that is the biggest uh, you know threat to democracy. They keep saying it's a threat to democracy. They don't actually care about deliberation. They only want people in there. They'll take them brain damaged. Uh, you know, on a stretcher, almost wait, dead. Wait. They, Stu, just said he will support the Republican in any circumstance. That is until not what I said at all. <laughs> what I said yes. was, I'm not a partisan. Which, by the way, true. I'm not a registered Republican or Democrat. I voted third I. party all the time. My point is only in this election. What I'm rooting for, not necessarily what I'm voting for. What I'm rooting for is, is an end. freaking the end of Democratic control of the Senate. This should not be a <laughs> controversial viewpoint on this particular program Glenn, it's, it's Glenn, not hang I'm, on just a sec i am with him on this because we are at the end of the republic and i know that makes some people happy it doesn't make me happy i'd like to before we burn it down i'd like to see can we get it on the track enough and find uh you know find an elon musk that will come in and go yeah we're firing all you people um, <laughs> i am just shocked that we got Stu to admit on air that he's a member of andrew yang's forward party this is where you're an anarchist but here we are this is where you're an anarchist you come up and you just stir it all up and then you leave mm -hmm. 
This is why John Fetterman's wise wife blocked you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, real quick, what do you think the changes are going to mean? Anything substantial with uh, Twitter? Yes, I think that for a long time, corporate journalists and academic professors who were, I, you know, refer to as members of the enemy class, they were taking loss after loss after loss on Twitter because for the first time they had accountability. They're not in their offices where they kind of um, protected against criticism. And now without having that shield in front of them, they're really going to, uh, have a come to Jesus moment with their depravity and malfeasance, and it's going to be absolutely glorious to watch the thro- them throw tantrums for the next couple of years. So, does on Monday he said the change? Some changes are going into effect. The first changes: uh, Babylon B, Donald Trump. Who's back? I hope Trump. I hope Trump waits until after the midterms because this is just going to give the Democrats an issue and distraction from inflation and, and abortion and all this unspending. So we can worry about Trump on November 9th. Yeah. I really hope he has that presence of mind to keep his mouth shut just for another two weeks. Michael Malice, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Michael. Always a pleasure, guys. Vote yep. Fetterman. Host of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's such a jerk. He is such a jerk. He just loves to stir it up. He's going to be on the coverage, and I'm like... Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm like, we're not going to get any real work done. Because no. he's just going to play contrarian <laughs> just to get us all going. Uh, but anyway, we're going to have a, a lot of fun. Uh, all of the Blaze hosts, the biggest Blaze hosts are going to be there uh, with our coverage. You don't want to miss it on election night. Uh, we have Megan Kelly. We uh, uh, Dave Rubin, Jason Whitlock, Stu, Pat. Uh, everybody. Sarah Gonzalez going to be there. Sarah Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Also, primetime 99 Alex Stein. <laughs> Who is between him and Malice? If I lose control of the night, it will be these two to blame because they, mm-hmm. they, you never know what they're going to say. <laughs> um, also, just a quick reminder the following Wednesday, a week later, I'm doing a special show on targets of tyranny, how to survive being an enemy of the state. This is an amazing show. We're going to have a a small audience. If you would like to be a part, we never open up the chocolate factory anymore. If you want to be a part of that broadcast, you have to email now. It is for Saturday, November 12th. It'll be in the evening, Saturday, November 12th. Tickets at glenbeck.com. Do it now. Tickets at glenbeck.com. And I'll welcome you into our, our studios. Okay, so you're saving money. My mom and my grandmother, I mean, my, my grandmother and my mom, because she grew up with my grandmother, they saved everything. All the wrapping paper, all the tinfoil. Don't throw that away. It's tinfoil. It has cheese on it. We can get that cheese off, right? Okay. Grew up in the Great Depression. That's the way it was. But they used to clip coupons all the time. You don't have to do that. It's much, much easier now. You want to really save money? Upside. It's an app and it's absolutely free. You just go to the app store and download the free Upside app. When you're buying groceries, when you're buying gas, dining out, any of that, you just download the app, use the promo code BECK. First thing that's going to happen is you're going to get 25 cents off or more of every single gallon of uh, of gas that you pump into your tank that first time. 25% or more. 25 cents. That's amazing. Then you just find an offer, whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business when you go in, and when you pay, you get paid. It's easy, and it counts. 
It adds up in the wallet. So do it now. Download the free Upside app. Save on your gas for that first tank of gas. And then just continue to save the easy way with Upside. Use the promo code BECK. Get the free Upside app. The Grind Back Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. You know, just talking to Michael Malice, stop with the clever voting. Stop. It doesn't ever work out for us. It doesn't ever work out for us. But 19 elections from now, maybe things will turn out better. (laughs) No, no, no. Great. John Roberts. I'm waiting for John Roberts. He wrote something and he changed that vote. I remember that right after the Obamacare vote. What he's going to do. Shut up. Right. Uh, look, uh, look, you vote for who you want to vote for. I don't. You just, I don't care who you vote you know for. What? You do what you what you want to do. You, you do make, the next right thing. Yeah, just do. Just that's do it. What you believe is right. Uh, that yeah. is, uh, people get so like, what if we elect this person who will then lose to that person who will then be thrown out of office and then my cousin Jimmy will get the seat. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm sure in your world that is going to happen perfectly, just like you think it is. But in reality, like, you, you, what? You shouldn't try to predict what is going to occur with every single thing in the future. No. Just do the thing you believe is actually right. You know, I, that that's it. Voting your conscience has had a bad uh, uh, name <laughs> go. Uh, over yeah. the day, over the years, for yeah. whatever reason. But like, it's still the right thing to do. Just, just do the next yeah. right thing. Let the consequences fall where they may. Do the next right thing. Vote for the best person to be in office that can execute the job. The Glenn Beck Program.